Yeah, t- yeah, Tony, are you back home? Are we starting the podcast? <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on. Well, we might as well. It's already 10.36. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'm about to, you're about to lose your voice, sounds like it. Uh, I just got to stay quiet. I don't want to, uh, you know. Where the hell are you? <laughs> oh, he's not home. Oh, Hi, I'm Vernon Wells, and you're listening to the Bad Boys Podcast. And just remember one little thing. You don't listen, I know where you live. Oh, that man right there. That man right there was just in the movie I was watching today. Could you oh, guess, was, is he, he in it? Yeah. Awesome. Can you guess what movie that is? Uh, I have no idea. You have no idea? No. Totally close. Not one? No. Not a smidgen? No. That's a, a little Is bit. it a movie that Tony was supposed to see last weekend? I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, though. You know, I, I bet you know what the answer to this one is. What are you listening mm. to? What are people listening to right now? The Bad Boys Podcast. <laughs> and what do we do on the podcast? Randomly rant on all things movies. That's fantastic, sir. And what episode, episode are we on? 261. Pop, pow. <laughs> My man is on fire tonight. Boy, I love that. I need some of that energy, man. I feel it. I'm telling you. Let me tell you why my energy level Delayed is reaction. right now. It's like, uh, let's see. Harley sounds like he's at a 15. I'm about a four going on three. Um, my neighbor, I'm going to start on the weekends real quick. Oh, hold on. Before I get to that. I just want to say my name is Fonzo, a.k.a. Mike Lowry. I'm your host on the Bad Boys Podcast. Joining me as always, co-host. Harley, a.k.a. Marcus Burnett. And somewhere, somewhere, he's somewhere, but he's here right now tonight. Somewhere, I'm somewhere, here tonight. He's somewhere. <laughs> Tony, a.k.a. MCP. Yeah. Sound like the, the road, Godfather. The real road warrior. <laughs> exactly. He's, uh, just leave the gas. <laughs> so, um, I'll get my, my weekends real quick. My neighbor, um... His son Oscar, his his birthday's today, and uh, they brought over this. And uh, it's just like their mom is gone right now; she's in Arizona. Um, but um, they had a big ass cake, so they didn't want he didn't want his kids to keep eating the whole thing, so they brought it over. God damn, this was the best. And I don't really usually like cake, but fuck, this cake was amazing. Hell, like chocolate icing, chocolate chips within within inside the cake, like and then like middle. I mean, okay, so it was like. It was tall. I can't even talk. I'm so fucking excited about this cake. It's crazy. It was so big. <laughs> it's just like I'm trying to. Dis- I'm trying to. Fi- I try to explain. I can't even explain. It's just there's so much chocolate goodness all over it. Like so on the icy, in the middle. Cho- seriously. So I'm like, I'll get a bite right, and uh, before I start the podcast, and um, like, like, you know, God, just, damn, take, just take one little bite. Seriously, <laughs> I just take one bite. You know, he's like and, uh, <laughs> I'm just like, and then he oh, rips the fucking cake out of the six-year-old hand. Give me that cake, bitch! It's almost like I'm high. I'm like, who the fuck ate all the cake after it's all gone? Um, yeah, I just keep taking one little bite. I'm like, yeah, one little more. And then I'm like, you know, you know what would go great with this would be a glass of milk. Let me get some milk. And sure enough, the milk was fucking delicious. So I'm drinking <laughs> that, and then I'm, like, I'm eating some more. I'm like, all right, just a little more, and then I'm good. Take another. Bite. I'm like, god damn, this fucking thing is too good. They say I know I ate almost like one huge slice, and I'm like, oh, now I'm feeling it. Now I'm feeling it. And, uh, 
Dude, seriously. So that's if my energy level is a little low right now, I apologize. <laughs> but uh, that cake done did me in, man. But it was delicious, like I said. I'm not gonna lie. So happy birthday, Oscar! Thanks for that cake. And uh, he got a little. He got, my man got himself a PS4. You believe that? Damn. He is stoked. Damn, how old is he? He's 11. No, his no. father got a PS4. No, 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 no. He got a PS4. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, but who's gonna play on the PS4? Oh no, he's playing. Oscar's playing. Let me tell you why. Because he went with his, he went his, he went with his buddy to the store to get a game. Take a wild guess what game a kid his age would want. Mortal Kombat. Mortal nah. Kombat Ten. Close. Pikachu. No. Try a little Grand Theft Auto Five, son. Oh God damn! So 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 check out how how savvy these motherfuckers are these days, right? Um, they um. They go to the store and they're like, oh, yeah, you know what? Me, this is his buddy talking. Me and my three other friends, we play online. Like, oh, and his dad's like, you know, he's from New Zealand. He doesn't know better. You know what I mean? He's not tech savvy. Um, so he's like, all right. And even the dude at Target's like, yo, he's. I'm guessing this is how the conversation kind of went. You know, this game's uh, M for Mature, you know? And he's like, I'm sure his fucking friend stepped in. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, but we just play online. We don't play the story mode. <laughs> so he's thinking, well, how bad can it be if they're playing it, right? <laughs> So he gets it. I'm I'm helping him over there installing it, you know, doing all the updates, whatever. And um, so I'm about to leave, and the game finally finished installing. Because apparently now you have to install games. Do you have to do that for the Xbox One too, Tony? Yeah. When you buy a game, you have to install it first. But mm-hmm. you still need to put the disc. Did you see that? Yep, yep. Yeah, so why do you have to install it then? I don't get it. So it doesn't um, play off the disc. Right. Oh, gotcha. So then it's fin- I finally finished. They're about to play it. And then um, one of them leaving, I look over and turn around, and uh, his friend's telling him to plug the headset in because I guess you could plug the headset right into the controller. Mm-hmm. You could hear everything. So he doesn't hear any dialogue. <laughs> doesn't hear anything. I'm like, these motherfuckers right here, man. These some sly ass some bitches right here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, these fucking guys right here are gangster, man. Look at this guy. Got his dad to get him a PS4 and GTA 5, and I'm going to play online and do some gangster shit, you know? And then today, his sister's like, oh, yeah, he. He just robbed a bank, and got about two hundred thousand dollars, and had about three police, uh, three stars on him, and got away with it. I'm like, Phew. I'm like, man. But what's funny is, uh, he let his dad play it, you know, and he was just driving around. I'm like, that's all you need, right? If you if you never played a game, but you, you can just drive around, that shit's yeah, fun. just driving around's fun. Yeah, I let the crew play it one time, but I turned the volume down. I just let him drive around. Man, this kid was laughing like. Like maniacal laugh, like I never heard before. He thought it was the yeah. funniest thing in the world. You know, he drove, he hit somebody that went flying. He was laughing his ass off. I was, I don't know if I was, if I should be worried or, or laugh with him because it was kind of yeah, funny. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Well, I no, but exact you know what? Issue. You know what it is though. Because I crack up at the videos of video this game is guy, glitches. This is the guy who doesn't have kids, by the way. Listen, no, <laughs> listen. Video game glitches, like where the people get ragdolled. You know, like they're like yeah. end up spinning in circles, like through there's a table one, or something. Yeah, yeah. There that cracks one. me up. Oh, dude. And it I'm has sure nothing to do with people. It's just like the video right. game glitching that's funny. Yeah, I can see you. Well, I'm sure you saw the one on Reddit where there was, um, there was like a soccer player one and he's running around by the goal. Next thing you know, he's like, he's, he's like, he's just, he's knee deep in the grass and his legs are moving yes. like a spider. Yes. And they're running, you know, you yes. know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. <laughs> she was hilarious. crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the first one I thought of when you said that. Um, so yeah, so kudos to him, man. Watch out for kids these days, man. They're fucking dangerous. I'm just telling you right now. They just they uh, they're real savvy. So Harley, just be aware. Your girls, you know, she how old is she? Mazzy six. 
Seven, yeah, seven. See, just watch out, man. Should just watch out. <laughs> Moral Chris of the story: like, these little kids, watch out now. Chris okay. is like, we're on top of her shit all the time now. Okay, all right, yeah, good. Somebody needs to be, cause man, she's all sly, but we're on top. Okay, put your guard down for a second, man. It's over. So, just see. But uh, what else I do this weekend? Yeah, like I said, our yard's, you know, it's nice and done now. And, uh, yeah, that's do, cool. Do a little more. Yeah. Like I said, I hung some lights. Got a little, I was wanting to get some of those tiki torches, you know, it's always cool when you go to backyard and you got them out there. And, um, yeah, I'm ready to have a little barbecue and write the kids over. And you painted like the cement, um, this like cool, like turquoise color. And in each, there's like eight squares and she's going to have like each one of the neighbor kids like paint something on there. So I think that'd be kind of cool. And they'd like that. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, and then I uh, did a couple of revisits, watched uh, Late Phases because it's on Netflix. Remember that werewolf movie I liked? That was on my top ten. Um, that's on Netflix right now. And then, of course, I had to do some uh, some Road War action. And then I bought a Mad Max special edition DVD. was watching some interviews. I had some cool features. I had Mel himself and uh, she could play his wife and um, the cinematographer. And, um, I mean, dude, I was reading on Twitter, Edgar Wright seen uh, he saw Mad Max Fury Road three times already fucking three I haven't even watched I haven't seen it once that motherfucker seen it three times Robert Rodriguez has seen it like twice I think he did a Q&A with him at uh, in, in, in like uh, Texas somewhere um, but there was one scene I don't know if it was true but I read somewhere where he said that uh, after a scene a certain scene happened uh, they didn't say like at first they didn't mention his name but they are like how the fuck did you do that and then and then uh, they turned around. And it was Robert Rodriguez that they yelled out in the theater. I'm like, that's pretty fucking badass. I mean, and and it's amazing how some directors, when they get older, they kind of you know they start to slump a little. You know, mm-hmm. like one, one example would be well, like Mike, I think Michael Robert Mann, Rodriguez you know? is a perfect uh, yeah, yeah man. You know, but I'm saying, but not Robert Rodriguez is older. But I mean, like you know, like older, older. You know what I mean? Where you think like, oh, maybe they, they lost a step. But look at like uh, one of the exceptions would be uh, Martin Scorsese and Wolf yeah. of Wall Street. He was like what seventy? How old is he now? Like, yeah, he made that movie. Him. I mean, it's crazy. So, they're like fine wine. Um, but fuck, that's. I mean, that's. I think I can't, I can't think of anything else I did. So that's. Uh, I'm gonna send it over to you guys. I'll. Uh, I'm kind of intrigued with Tony, but I'll. I'll kind of go first. Um, In San Francisco. Yeah, we went. Um, we had kind of planned it. We bought tickets a couple weeks ago for uh, Pete Tong and this uh, um, producer from Denmark by the name of Kolsch, which I think him and Pete Tong are friend friendly. These guys, um, are yeah, they're DJ producers. Pete Tong is is Pete Tong. If you're not if you don't know who the fuck Pete Tong is, just fucking Wikipedia. He's Pete Tong. Uh, he 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 actually moved to Los Angeles like a year ago, which is wild for me because he's like. He's been he's fifty four years old. He's been in England his entire life, and then all of a sudden, in his fucking fifties, he moves to um, moves to Europe. And and I was talking to Chris, and it kind of makes sense. And I think it's kind of kind of in response to the whole EDM movement in the states becoming real popular in the last couple of years. Oh, you can blame and MCP. what's that? You can blame MCP for that. Yeah, blame blame MCP. <laughs> well, I tell you what, there was not a single EDM song played all night. No way. It was old school, like global underground, Sashin digweed style wow. progressive stuff. I mean, it was was this real small club, 
Um, very small venue, not a huge, it wasn't like a massive, it wasn't 40,000 people. There was like a hundred people. Like literally it was real small. It's kind of like the outskirts of San Francisco. Um, I wasn't familiar with the club, so I didn't know, but I obviously I knew who the fuck Pete Tong was and I was familiar with who Kolsch was. And I know what Chris's tastes are Mm -hmm. since I met her. And I know what my tastes are, and so I knew that it'd be a good show for us. We'd like it. I knew that the music would be good. Um, I knew it wouldn't be, you know, you know. I don't want to sound pretentious, but it wouldn't be like the EDM stuff. That truth be told, I can't stand. Oh, you're so, such a hipster. I'm a hipster. <laughs> so I'm old school. Like I'm genuinely you're totally like old, old school. school. Yep. Get off yeah. my lawn, EDM. Get off my lawn, EDM. Just keep the first part of that. The first word. I'm old. There you go. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I was fucking, I was listening to dance music when Tony's uh, diapers were being changed. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, and uh, really cool night. So, there was kind of like, we weren't sure if it was going to happen or not. Uh, we had some issues with uh, Mazzy's mom on Friday. So, we ended up bringing no. that. Yeah, sh- shocking, right? <laughs> so. I don't want to say anymore. I need a sounder. I need a sounder of that. I know shit. So uh, we actually brought Mazzy to her mom on Saturday Saturday afternoon on her way out. And um, Chris has a lifelong friend that works for Google. Ironically, it's a similar kind of story, like Jeremy. What? Does she know? Uh, they, their friend didn't know Jeremy. No, he didn't know Germ- G- German. He didn't know Jeremy. <laughs> uh, he's only been with. He's only been at Google for like a year or something like that. They knew each other when Chris lived in Portland. Oh, okay. But uh, can I can I say can I say about the the, the uh, crib? Uh, Motherfucker bought a condo in San Francisco, right? Mm-hmm. Tony, you're you're smart. You're a bright guy, Fonzo. That, that sounds really insulting to Fonzo because Fonzo, you're a smart Christ. guy too. But I, was I, like, I couldn't even. Tony, I couldn't, even, smart. I Fonzo, couldn't even describe a cake guy. this today. <laughs> that was insulting. Cake good, chocolate on it, yum. <laughs> Me likey. <laughs> you were bragging about cake earlier. Tony's tech. <laughs> yeah, Tony's tech. Tony, how much? Okay, both of you guys. How much do you think? A how big was the place? Five hundred square feet. No, not much. It was at least No way. No way. Yeah. Not That's a chance in hell. The place we lived in in Mount Chasta was a thousand and it was twice. Well less than a thousand square feet. Condo on the fourth floor in San on the outskirts. It wasn't like in downtown. But it was on San Francisco. How much do you think it cost? Million. Fonzo? High, low? This is the price is right. Yeah, I'm gonna go one dollar. One dollar. Tony MCB, right on. He said a billion fucking dollars. Anyways, he let us crash crash on his couch, which was nice. cool. Um, so we went up there Saturday. Saturday. Was he there? Yeah, it was cool. We we went had dinner with him. Super nice guy, Steven. Steve, shout out Steven if he's listening to the podcast right now. Check us out on iTunes. Yeah, he's live. He's listening. Sure he's live not. But we we talked about the podcast, so he could easily look it up. Okay. Um, super nice guy. Um, good luck to him in, in San Francisco. Um, but a uh, cool little crib he's got. And we stayed at his house Saturday night. 
Um, we slept on a we slept on an air mattress that has big ass hole in it. What? Which, a million dollar house, million dollar home. He had to sleep on air. <laughs> well, he had to make up the money somewhere. Yeah, no kidding. Well, you know, it was funny. It was like, check it out. It was like, uh, like a scene from, um, um, uh, what's the movie? Um, uh, the stockbrokers. Um, God, Wall Street. Boiler room. No, 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 not Wall Street. Um, boiler room. Yeah, boiler room. So remember in boiler room where they yeah, go to no the dude's house, yeah. big ass house, and he's like. Yeah. Shit, did he just move in? He's like, no, he's been here for like a year. That's what it was like? That was kind of like his crib. Like, How funny. He, he hadn't really moved in yet. I mean, he had some like pictures on the wall and stuff like that, but he didn't have like a guest, like a couch or anything <laughs> anything for anybody to sleep on. We had to bring an air mattress. So. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah it was cool. life, huh? Yeah, it was trip. I was like, I was like, wow, this fucking place is expensive. <laughs> now that you're a college graduate, maybe you can afford something like that, huh? Uh, yeah. You mean a, so an air mattress with a hole in it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's, saying, that's how one, we. One that's how me and Chris roll. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it was cool because Tony, I don't Tony. I don't know if you know this, and maybe not because you guys are in SoCal, but they have this app, and it's uh, it's like a ride share app where uh, people, private individuals. Post and they're basically like private taxi services. Name the app. I don't. I don't know what was the app. Uber called? or Lyft. Yeah, it was something really, really similar. It, it, and it was, and it was in San Francisco. And it literally like it. It would bring up the map and it'd show like where he was GPS. And so you literally like text the person through the app, like I need you to pick me up here. Yeah, it sounds and, like and Uber. he'll say, "What's yeah, that?" It's sounds like Uber. Yeah, because like he picked us up like two minutes after he after he found the ride, and there was a couple other guys in the car, and so we all it was like TJ like getting in a taxi, you know, or you share, you know, mm-hmm. and um, so he he just dropped them off, and then he dropped us off, and it was like five bucks or something like that. It was super super cheap, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it was cool because we got into the, the is it Karma the, Carpool? No, yeah, I don't know, but it but I'm I'm sure there's several apps just like it. All right. Sidecar. But we get into the car, and there's these two, like, straight-from-Brooklyn brothers. Like, you know, I mean, like, real, like, authentic brothers, you know? And the driver. And the driver was a brother, too. So they're, like, right on, and they're super friendly, and we're all just bullshitting, chit-chatting. Me and Chris got a buzz. You know, we we had some cracking. And uh, he's like, what's up? Where are you guys going? Me and Chris are like, we're going to the club. And he's like, all oh, right, on. what you going to go see? And Chris Chris is really, like, forward, so it's cool. So Chris is like, oh, we're going to listen to some house music. And I was like, oh, boy. And the guy was like, oh, really? What kind of house music? And when he said that, I got kind of, like, kind of righteous. Like, kind of like, oh, don't fucking question me on my taste of house music. And I was like, I literally was like, oh, it's some old school, like, none of that EDM shit. And he was like, oh, right on, because I'm from Chicago. And if you know anything about house music, that's where house music started, was in Chicago and Detroit. So we literally went for like five, six minutes talking about the origins of house music. And I was literally singing. He he brought up an artist from 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 uh, Chicago. 
or actually Green Velvet's from Detroit, but Green Velvet. And I was literally singing a Green Velvet song like as he was dropping them off. So it was really, really cool. It was, it was uh, what's uh, not vindicated, but uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, I felt, I felt, I felt. You know what it was? Is I felt I, I slipped back into my city roots. You know where I'm from. You know what I mean? Straight from the ghetto of Vista, California. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, no, it was cool. I think we got to the club about 11 o'clock, 10, 30, 11, probably about 11. Stayed, Stayed till 4 a.m., totally sober, didn't drink anything. It was like back in the old school days, both of yep. us, you know, we weren't drunk or nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was good. We had a lot of fun. Um, crashed at Steven's place. Woke up real casual the next day and then drove to um, just outside Sacramento and stayed at Chris's parents' house where we ate fucking lobster tails. Damn. Yeah, it was fucking nuts. Like her parents were literally like, "Yeah, it's one, it's Mother's Day. Let's let's have lobster tails and yeah, no, fucking." We had two lobster I had two lobster tails, son. Straight up two lobster tails. Like one wasn't <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, we straight up uh, pulled it out on that one. So, and then uh, Sunday, or Monday, we uh, drove through, picked up Mazzy, because she didn't have school on Monday, and uh, got home. Basically, she went to bed, because she was tired, and we all went to bed, and today was another day. So, um, the weekend couldn't have gone better. I mean, it was really, and it was really nice, me and Chris got to get away, and 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 you know kind of bond and do our thing and and this was the first time where she got to experience the club scene which is which was a big part of my life before I left San Diego you know and um and the music was really perfect for that to kind of show her what what I was about in the club scene and so it it just went really really smoothly and and we had a really really nice weekend so we uh we look forward to the summer we might Maybe we'll uh, have to arrange some flight tickets down to SoCal. So. There you go. Now you're talking. Hey, real quick, before I forget, before I forget, before I forget, remember the first uh, woman that played uh, April O'Neil? The first Ninja Turtles? Yeah. Oh, I yeah, I heard that. about that. Uh, you remember O'Neil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in the yeah. new one. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, she'll play the boss. <laughs> I thought it was pretty like. interesting. Right? She's dressed up. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I'm sure it'll be a cameo just to appease the fans. Mm-hmm. So MCP. Yeah. Let's hear it. What <laughs> state are you in? Arizona. Okay. Right. Round of applause. No. <laughs> and are you are you like literally in like the parking lot of the library to do oh, the, the podcast? Yeah. No, I'm in the closet. Seriously? Of the library? <laughs> of the library. <laughs> no, I'm a in better the reception? closet. Of the no, it's just because I'm trying not to be loud because mm. I'm staying with this uh, this couple, you know. They rent Airbnb the room, mm-hmm. and uh, I've just noticed that sound travels from the from the room. They're they're right next to the room, so the the closet is the furthest away from their their side of the house right now. So yep. I did I did the podcast from a closet once. That's really? right, you did. <laughs> I did it from a fucking hotel because that was the only place I could get, I could get the fucking Wi-Fi. <laughs> was in this like ghetto ass hotel in in Central California. Yeah, 
Anyways, your your it was your weekend. Sorry. Well, yeah. So how, how's it going? Eh, no, it's not bad actually. Today was a really good day. Um, uh, I came over on Sunday, so I can't remember what I did on Friday or Saturday. I swear, I cannot remember. Um, when but did I know you get in? When did you roll in Arizona? On Sunday. See, Sunday morning I did the Mother's Day thing. So went over. We uh, all the kids. We made my mom breakfast. Um, uh, at home, we we told her that we were going to take her to a restaurant, so she got all dressed up and everything, and then we snuck in early in the day and started making breakfast at home. She was getting pissed upstairs, like, Why, what, what's Fawn making all that racket downstairs? You know he's got an injured foot. You know, you should tell my dad he should go, you know, yell at him or something. <laughs> my dad was in on it, so he's just calming her down. It's like, no, it's okay, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, so we cooked up a shitload of, of bacon, sausage, you had pancakes, we had French toast, had a salad or a fruit salad of some sort, um, like, bowl of eggs scrambled eggs sunny side up eggs lemon pepper eggs i mean we had a shit ton of food and then we had mimosas to you know to top it off so that was a good day um that was a good morning and then uh around eleven thirty, i was like all right guys gotta go and so i just you know, jumped on my bike and left <laughs> you know, just going to arizona no big deal <laughs> yeah no big deal so so how long was the ride the ride was about well the, the riding total Violet. on on the bike Mileage was 400 miles. Woo. Um, I was six hours on the bike, and I took an hour break between the 200, 200 miles. So, so you, put I, down, you put down 400 miles in one, one day? In one day, yeah. Nice. That's, um, that's more than I've ever done. It's, it's convenient that my bike only holds 150 miles to, in a gallon. Because it forces me to stop every yeah, it forces me to stop at 100 miles. I, I pretty much just said, all right, let me just stop at 100 miles. That's safe. It gives me 50 miles of, ga- of gas to find another gas station, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it, it worked because right around that time is when you know I'm starting to, you know, feel the pain. Um, by by mile, when I started 200, um, by like 250, the pain just set in, and at that point I was like, fuck it. And the rest of the and I just zoned in like I just I felt the pain, but it didn't matter. It was just a part of me. It, did, it didn't matter that I was feeling pain. It was just a part of who I was at the moment. And I had no problem. I was just like just cruising. I just zoned out and then stopped for my 300 mile and just went just kept going. No big deal. Um, so that was interesting. It was it was weird to just like feel pain in, in my shoulders. Um, I have another picture for you, Harley, so that you can see my my different setup. Um, I got oh, rid yeah. of my. I got rid of my um, photography bag, so now it's just the the big green one and then the backpack. So I still was wearing a backpack, but I had more room. I could actually sit all the way back in my um, in my seat. Um, so that made that made a big difference. Um, my pants were a mess by the time I got to the place from all the bugs. I was like, I understand why people wear chaps. Like I understand why people, you know, wear the thicker pants because it was like it was yeah. they were just a mess. Yeah. Um, I uh, I actually had a bug splatter right on the front of the GoPro, but then when I oh. I realized that the GoPro was off, oh. <laughs> so either it ran out of battery at some point, um, or I just never t- I, I never turned it on. Um, so I don't know. I guess we'll find out once I look at the footage. But uh, yeah, so I got I got in, um, kind of just crashed that night. I was just tired from the ride. Uh, yesterday I worked from home, and then I went to. I went to the Arizona State University library, try and check out you know the, the Wi-Fi there, 
And the Wi-Fi was fine, except you could only browse the internet. And you can even, I couldn't even get to all the websites. It's like they had certain things blocked. It's kind of bullshit. Um, yeah. So I was like, all right, this, this is going to suck. I'm going to have to go, you know, at least I, I could work from home. I mean, or from here, from this, from, from my place here. Um, and it's fine, but my boss, he ended up hooking me up with this guy who lives out here and he, he, he introduced me to this work share place. Um, where they have computers everywhere. They have a lot of tables and chairs and desks and monitors. They have meeting rooms. They have a recording studio. It's like yeah. this really, really cool creative, like startup place, you know, for business startups or just being creative or, you know, um, just developing a business or whatever. Um, and it's free. I just, just, we just walked in there. I plopped myself in a, at a chair and set up my shit and nothing. I mean, no, nobody said anything. It was just, just go. And everybody was working on their own other world and it was really cool. Um, nice. yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, I just worked there all day. I worked there until like seven thirty. Um, I started working like 10 and, uh, it was cool. I mean, just no problem that I was super efficient. I was like, all right, I could do this. Um, they even had a at like six six o'clock. Um, Amazon came in and and had a presentation about some of their web services and crap. So like I got to experience that too and blah blah. blah. Yeah, so I mean it, it was cool. It was it was a good day today. Um, but uh, that's, that's that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Pretty boring weekend except you know I rode. Now you posted oh. something on Facebook about not making it to New Mexico or thinking you might not make it or what? Yeah, because I was looking. Um, okay, so yesterday, on on when I went to the ASU library, I was like, shit. So I can't rely on like a, the library to be able to give me internet and blah blah blah. And so I started looking up New Mexico. I was like, there's nothing that looks like it would be a good workspace. Mm. Um, and even even after today, I looked up mm. the maker spaces. And the, I found two maker spaces in New Mexico. In, in New Mexico, other than I didn't look at the one in El Paso because I ain't going to fucking El Paso. Um, yeah. <laughs> what? I said fuck that. Yeah. You need yeah. Los, uh, You need New Mexico hookups. Ask me. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, New Mexico, like down by the border. There's a nice air mattress with your name on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my land, Tony. See. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the makerspaces I found, like they they were only open like two days a week, and one of them was only in the afternoons. And like shit, that's not gonna work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I was telling Laney earlier that this kind of changes things because the guy that I was that um, introduced me to these places, I remember talking to him about a year ago, and he wants to bring one of those out to California, and I'm like, fuck, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, what do you need? I'll 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 lead the way. You know, I'll I'll front that i'll do whatever i can just to get that out there um because that was the 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 whole point of the trip originally came from me wanting workspace like a place to tinker i needed a a tinker room and california housing is insane so i was like all right let me i need to find a place somewhere else where i can have a tinker room and but i don't know where the hell i'm gonna live so you know if i'm gonna have to buy a place and settle in i need to go figure out where i want to live but with these kind of maker spaces, I don't need to do that. So I'm like, fuck, this changes things. So I'll probably end up going home at the end of this week. Mm. Yeah, because I don't need I don't need the trip if I can just live near one of these maker spaces. Because that's where I'll go. I'll just you know go and check into the the 
the the space and do my thing because like this place that I went to today, one building is all for creating and developing and planning, and then another building has all the machining tools and the woodworking and the laser cutters and the engravers. So it's all the fabrication. Well, so I'm like, that's perfect. That's freaking. That's, that's perfect. That's exactly what I want. So. So yeah, so this may be the the furthest I get on the trip. The trip it feels like it's null and void if I can get this out in California or or wherever. Mm. Like it doesn't matter where I live as long as I live near one of these things. So anyway, that's my weekend. Why not? Cool, man. Oh, that hey man, to do that kind of mileage and absolutely and keep it on two two tires is uh, that's uh, the important part. And uh, yep. Um, it's a long run. I just, I was like thinking about it when you were talking. I was like, I wonder how far I went. And so, um, when I, and you guys remember this because you guys were there that night. When I, I went from Jeremy's house in Santa Cruz, that was mm-hmm. 451 miles. Damn. And I would argue my bike's better, more comfortable, not better, but more comfortable for touring. I'm sure. Uh, but I remember. I would, I twice I did, I went from a full gas tank to an empty, which was like 220 miles. And I, and then like after that, I was like, all right, I'll just start filling up at half a tank because I need to get off this bike every yeah, 100, yeah. 100 miles. Kind of, <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I feel you. So, but uh, congratulations on the trip for sure. Absolutely. So, real quick, since we're kind of a little late, we're just going to, um, kind of, well, I passed the box office. Ain't nothing really going on that much. But did any, any of you guys got revisits? No, I didn't watch anything. Okay. Sorry. Other than you watching YouTube, what the fuck? The live podcast. Come woman. on, woman. Jesus. What Jesus. Right. Professional <laughs> here. We're fucking professionals. Fucking professionals. God damn, we never mess fuck up. This is sake, ridiculous. We're man. always on time. Never mess up. We always do it on the same day. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there goes our perfect five star review on iTunes now. Thanks. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so, all right. Who had the homework this week? Uh, it was Tony. That's right. That was what probably me. Yeah. I don't fucking you? remember. You don't even remember. Did you see it? Did you it see was, it? Uh, yeah, no, I saw it. I saw it all. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I up... saw it all. <laughs> uh, no, I had to. I made sure I had to saw it before I left because I wasn't going right. to have time. Right. Um, but I know, no, I was looking up this other movie that I had to watch. I watched with Lane um, for her school. I can't freaking remember what it was. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I assigned a Begin Again, but I, I, it was really a recommendation for one of you guys. I don't remember. Um, I, I was flailing last week. Don't put this shit on us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely wanted to see Begin Again. It's got... Um, our boy Ruffalo and uh, and Kira Knightley, and he's a you know he's he's a, a music producer who's very indie and um, loses loses his job, and he finds this chick Kira Knightley, and he's like, okay, she's 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 the one that'll bring it bring me bring him back, um, and so that's why it's begin again, you know, um, and uh, she's got her own story where she's you know dating big old rock star but she's got to start over too but uh, i mean that it, he 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 plays a, a pretty good drunk yeah so i mean the, the entire time i was watching him i was like yeah yeah that's about right 
It was, it was um, funny. I was telling Chris, he was my first like man crush. And Fonzo, you go back, you remember with that stupid like show that he was in, like the beat or whatever. Yeah. And it was like, I, I was telling Chris, it literally went for like four episodes before it got canceled. <laughs> yeah, but he did something, man. He got your attention. But I was like, this guy is the bomb. Like for some, and this was like 20 years ago, for God's sake, almost. Yeah. So, but yeah, this kind of brought me back to um, my man crush days for Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> is it that he's always eating something? He's no, but I think, I think, Tony, you, you had a good point. He plays a good drunk. Like, I, maybe it's just his acting style or something like that. Like, I don't know. It's just a character that seems entertaining when he's drunk or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. But, you know, it's funny. It's like coming from you. Weren't you the guy that said that anyone can play drunk? Well, yeah, absolutely. And, I, I you know, I, I don't see it as um, necessarily a stretch kind of thing. Right. Uh, but entertaining nonetheless. Yeah, for sure. This movie, yeah, this movie is very charming. Like it's, it lives on some kind of fantasy world where you can just play on the streets and no NYPD is going to bother you. Um, it kind of reminded me of Chef. Like it's like it's yeah. going to just have a happy ending and everything. Yeah, just it's just a feel good. It is. It's very feel good. I mean, the guy that wrote it, directed, he wrote another movie. It's almost kind of, it's called Once. And if you look at the cover, it's got a guy with a guitar and, and a girl. And so it's, I don't know if it kind of mirrors this one or not, but um. Yeah, I love the performances. I mean, he surprisingly, um, um, Adam Levine from Maroon Five. I mean, he's playing a singer songwriter. He's playing a pop star, which he, which you know, he's huge. But so it wasn't a stretch. But I thought he was pretty good. And uh, James Corden, uh, which I like, he's um, he's doing stand up. I mean, not stand up, but he's, he has a talk show now, like a real late night. Um, and I thought he was, pre- I thought he was pretty great too. Um, yeah, the movie is just, um, like I said, it's so charming. Just a feel good movie. Um, I I I, th- I was watching it. I'm thinking like I wonder if Tony's gonna dig it. Like he dug Nick and Nora so much. Um, you know, people talking, hanging out, but then they play music. And Mark Ruffalo is so good about seeing music. And then when CeeLo popped up, I was like, oh man, oh. this is awesome. And he was so good in it too. I thought he was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I was I was geeking out pretty hard at the uh, yeah at the scene. Well, because when it first started, the one of the first things I said was, why the fuck did they put lights on the instruments in the background? That's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then his scene came on, and he's you know visualizing it. I was like, "There it is. It was a payoff." Yeah, was, me and Chris were like, "I was like, that's a cool little scene when he's just visualizing the yes, rest of the band." That was very I thought cool. that was cool. And I always wonder if people can see music like that, right? I mean, they just they hear stuff like that that you know. I wouldn't you know, be surprised if if right. you're you gotta, if you're that if you're a producer, I, I, you're I that drunk. Be yeah, you're yes, that drunk. Yes, exactly. If he was that drunk, he he would think like the Sesame Street band's playing back there. I mean, you know, he would see a lot of crazy things. But yeah, yeah I thought it was cool to see Mark Ruffalo and uh, some different. Um, and goddamn, I admire that guy um, walking around with his hair like that and not giving a fuck. Man, I wish <laughs> I could do that. I mean, it, it's it's just glorious. It's all fucking everywhere and he can just walk out. It's crazy. Um, and Catherine Keener shows up playing his ex. She kind of plays I, the same role in every movie. Yeah. Oh but it always works for me. I don't know. Yeah. I've always I've always enjoyed her on screen for the most part. Yeah, um, it's funny when it says people who like this will also like it, and it's got Chef in the middle of it too. So, 
Um, yeah, and I cared Knightley was doing the singing. I didn't know she can sing, and she did her singing. So that was her doing the singing. Wow. Yeah, cool. yeah, which I kind of dug. Um, she had the, the soft little voice. Um, yeah, it's like the band. <laughs> one of my one of my scenes I like is when the dude's playing the piano in the ballet, and he gives him his card. He leaves right to the yes, there. And he just drops He's like, it. And he literally kids. tells the kids, keep in touch. Yeah. And they're like five-year-old. Yeah. Like, what he are you going to do? He's so excited. He doesn't he know what he's saying. He's just like, yeah, exactly. good luck, kids. You know? He's like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Keep fun. in touch. Yeah. Hit me up. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I, like I said, I, um, as Tony would say, um, this is a high buy for dollar with the potential Slater. I, it's just... um. You know, it's just a feel good. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like I said, it, it just lives. It lives in this world where you know you just kind of, you know, let, let things lie, and then you can just kind of take it in. And it's just, uh, it's it's charming. I don't know. I liked, I liked it. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's feel good all around. Like, Lainey says, like it it didn't have the Hollywood ending. I was like, but it was happy. And she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's not the Hollywood ending. Like, I she had, I, I, she couldn't predict what was going to happen. Because right. normal Hollywood movies do follow a particular, right. you know, script, a particular pattern. Yeah, spo- yeah spoiler we heard Ruffalo would have got together kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And something like that. Um, but, yeah, I thought, I mean, um, I don't know if, uh, I don't know, it's kind of new. It's 7.5, I really can't spoil it. But no, I wouldn't want to spoil it. Okay. I was going to talk about stuff at the end, but, yeah. Um, no, for me, it's a very high buy for doll. I really enjoyed it. I think I think everyone was in it was just uh, fantastic. And uh, I'd buy that for a dollar. And the music was good too. It was easy listening, soft rock pop. It was it was yeah, it was feel good music too. You know, it just yeah. it worked with the movie. Yeah, another thing too is like when they're in the parties, like I, he's like I challenge any of you to not dance oh, to this so song. Cool. Yeah, that's a like, fun scene. I challenge you, and the guy's just like, "Fucking man, I can't help it. I gotta dance." And he's like dancing yeah, it's with just, him. It's just, it's just funky. That's, for that's sure. the movie to me, right? You're watching it, yes. and then like you're yeah. watching it, and something kicks, and you're like, "Oh man, this is a cool song." Or this made this part made me laugh, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm digging it." You're like that dude ready to start dancing, and then you start dancing, and you're like enjoying the movie. Oh yeah, I I, I would. I would lose that game before it started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could you see this uh, the double feature with Nick and Nora? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I, I was digging that they let the songs play out, you know, just, just they finish yeah, the song. Yeah, that's another thing too, right? Because really when, cool. when it's, yeah, when it's a movie about music, sometimes they won't play the whole, they won't play, they mm-hmm. won't play music or they'll play like a sample, right? These right. seem like really full on fleshed out songs. Yeah. And I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, I think that was, song. that was, Probably Love one stars. of the more, um, things that said it. It's, it almost becomes a musical. The film does because it is so music centered. It it felt a, a lot like Whiplash, where a lot of the film is music, is singing, yeah. and and they do a good job of making sure that the music that's in the film is genuinely good music, and it's not bad and and they reference they play bad music and you're like yeah that's fucking like the country music when he's when he's like at the beginning when he's throwing the cds out the car he's like god damn it's like <laughs> bang his head up against the horn of the car you know uh-huh all that stuff works but i mean yeah, yeah it just seems like it's just the worst day right i mean he's like he loses his job and gets home and and uh um you see where he missed the meeting and, and then he, he gotta love most stuff most stuff in the house yeah, yeah, a little cameo. You gotta love a CeeLo freestyle, you know. 
You write mm. that shit down, baby. You get that? <laughs> the the film is a little paint by numbers because it is sort of one of those feel good movies. Well, um, it, it, you're it's a puppet master. I mean, it's pulling you along every which direction it wants you to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, and it's all like pretty standard stuff kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's got all, I don't want to call them cliches, but in, in a sense, they are. But it's forgiving because like when you're having such a good time, you, you, like any a little yeah, flower. Yeah, you look and they past look like, it. Exactly. It's not I'm trying, to, fun. Do, it's not yeah, trying well, to be anything that it's not. Mm-hmm. And everyone's charming enough that you are in their corner. You're rooting for them. So mm-hmm. you're okay with it being cliche, happy-go-lucky type thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You got a big smile on your face watching you. Yeah, you're like you don't you don't you really care. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Like, and it's fun. Them. I like the structure too. How they um, show you the characters and they kind of go back to how that happened. Oh yeah, like, I was going to say that. Yeah, the the way they play the same time frame from different points of view and make yeah. them meet up. Yeah, that, that was cool. Yeah, and uh, and um, and he also reminded me of uh, of. Um, Marco Full Run with Harley. Like every time we'd go out, he never had money for beers, but he would drink everything. So <laughs> he was kind of like, you get that. <laughs> See? Exactly. I love that commentary in the background. It's so great. Mm-hmm. Like, Speaking of commentary, I, I dug the uh, that socioeconomic commentary that the movie kind of had with the music industry and how it treats you know indie producers or, or indie oh, artists and whatnot. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's that's kind of a cool little undertone that they that they kind of jabbed in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, well, and especially in the nowadays where people don't buy CDs, everything's digital. Yep. Like the way so she said they, it, it was perfect, right? So I'm, how, why am I going to give you all that money? And he's like, I like her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah it, it was a cool different take because I it, normally it, it would have been the guy who wrote everything. He, I mean, like you said, very cliche, but. Just little little tweaks here and there that would just change it up, and um, yeah, it's it's fun. Did you guys give it your rating? No, um, but okay. it's definitely a dollar. I'd buy that for a dollar. And it's interesting you you know you um, you brought up the the film once that uh, John Carney also wrote and directed uh-huh. um, several years before, mm-hmm. and we're watching. Me and Chris are watching beginning in, and she's like. I've seen this movie before. And then all of a sudden she looks up the writer director and she pulls up once she had seen once before. (laughs) So I think this is another one of those examples. And if you look up once on IMDb, it's got a 7.9, but it's seen it once or twice. No, just once. Clearly a foreign film. The writer director is (laughs) Irish. Mm -hmm. And so he did this movie in Ireland Mm -hmm. back in 2006, got a big following it's the Chris implied that it's basically the same film. So the studio got on the American studio, Hollywood got on. It's like, well, shit, let's we'll throw all these big A-list celebrities at it and we'll throw in some musical cameos. I mean, obviously, Adam Levine's character or, or role isn't just a cameo, but for the most part, he's in it at the beginning and the end. Mm hmm. You know, um, CeeLo is nothing but a cameo. All right. Um, you, uh, Fonzo, you had brought up James Corden character. Mm-hmm. He's really the comedy relief of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, which, because the film is essentially a drama, um, but it's like a feel good drama. So what? What do? You, what do we call those? Like a, you know what I mean? 
Um, but James Corden's character is a fucking riot. Um, mm-hmm. he he's just gold when he's on screen. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said. Um, I will. I for me, I kind of loses points because it's a remake. Except for it's a remake of a film that the writer director wrote. So it's like it literally brought me back to um, the vampire film Let Me In or Let the Right One In that you guys saw. And I ended up seeing the remake and I like the remake. Um, and this is the same thing, I, I, I would assume. Um, the, the Once actually has a 7.9 on IMDb, which is slightly higher than Beginning In. So I'd be curious to see. Chris was pointing out that we should watch this one, so we'll have to put it on the queue one of these days. Right on. Because, um, yeah, it sounds like he just literally wrote and directed the exact same film, yeah. but for an American audience. And, exactly. And it's got, you know, he was smart to to make it appealing and, and feel good and friendly. It doesn't do anything terribly new or original, but again, like I said, it doesn't try to do it doesn't pretend like it's anything. It just pretends like it's a it just is a happy you know, it's like chef is for for food and begin again is for music. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, hey, check this out, uh Tony, real quick. Um on the rooftop the band is playing a song where the guy yells out the window, I'm going to call the cops. It is a scene in Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, Worst Fluffy Place. Yo, yeah. Holy crap. That's there right. There you go. How oh, you like that? That's cool. Boom. I you like that. I know you, I know you dig that. I just, it's on the very first trivia. I'm like, huh, that's very cool because I kept comparing it to that. And mm-hmm. there you have Well, it. yeah. They, I mean, they, they both have that whole playlist. You know, like they listen to each other's music. I dig that, too. I love that he had a little splitter in his rear view. Mm-hmm. And do that. Cause, I mean, we, I mean, we yeah, can... a little backstory. Uh, yeah, but not only that, but just like, um, uh, it's funny too because like that, wh- however far they went, that one song would carry them throughout everywhere, right? Uh, or even in the club when they were dancing, it was like it wasn't that club wasn't loud enough. I mean, they, they could still hear the headphones. Just some pretty good headphones with noise <laughs> cancellation and technology. Uh, but I didn't care. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't care. I eat that shit up. I just like when it's cool and people are sharing yeah, the music fun. and everything. Like, like, let me hear your playlist. Oh no, it's probably pretty bad. It's like, well, you can tell a lot from people's playlists. And I'm just like, I'm just like, big old smile on my face like a big idiot. I'm just, I'm just eating it up, man. You know? Yeah. Because they, because they're, they're so cool. I, I think, um, it's cool to just see them in the different. You know, Hulk, Ruffalo's not ripping his shirt up and fighting robots, and Kira's not fighting. She's not swashbuckling or uh, she's dressed in like English. Stuff. I mean, she was in the. That one we just recently saw, but um, this one's just a little more lighthearted. So, yeah, I was certainly buy that for a dollar. Yeah, cool. So we all downloaded for a dollar. I buy that for a dollar. Exactly. And then uh, somebody had the extra credit. Yeah, I uh, I chose Platoon. Um, well, it was after Fifty Shades of Grey. I was like, we gotta. We gotta watch a movie to remind us. Got a man us. up, is what you said. Got a man up. We gotta watch some shit, boy. You know, we gotta watch fucking some nom. Got a you gotta grow a, a cheese dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I gave you guys the option of platoon or uh, um, shit. I can't even think of the other one now. Um, it was an apocalypse yeah. now? 
But uh, anyways, we chose Platoon, so it worked out. So Oliver Stone written and directed 1986, starring Charlie Sheen, Tom Berenger, William Defoe, and uh, a young recruit in Vietnam faces a moral crisis when confronted with the horrors of war and duality of man. Had anyone seen him before? Yeah, yeah. I, I, did, I didn't remember it. Okay. Yeah. I had seen, um, seen him before. And uh, you got a lot of people, a lot of rec- recognizable faces and names. I mean, even Johnny Depp is in this, which is wild. We're not, ex- you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, John C. McGinley's in it. And uh, you got uh, you got Keith David, William Defoe, Forrest Whitaker. Um, you know what's so crazy? Sorry, is um, uh, I forgot that I'm uh, a couple weeks back. I had to watch Tropic Thunder, and um, it, it takes so yeah. much from this. I couldn't help. Oh yeah, but absolutely. Thinking of Tropic Thunder while I watched it, and it kind of it was kind of irking me. I was like I felt so bad. I'm like, man, fucking Junior straight out of the Al Pacino. Keith David is. What do you mean, you people? Can't wait to get home and be by the swamp. And I'm just like, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that movie definitely totally from from Platoon and the other Vietnam era films. So, but you know what I like is when Mandel Die shows up and he's and he's a technical advisor. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You should know him. He's in all your boys' movies. Yeah, he's he's it's essentially a cameo, but he continues to to advise on these military films. So. Um, which is cool. You even got Johnny Drama in there, which we we enjoy. So, Funny. uh huh. Oh man, never seen him brains like that before. Yeah, <laughs> Forrest um, Whitaker. Yeah, he. I mean, it's a small role, but but yeah, yeah I mean, this is an older film, nineteen eighty six. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the film holds up very well. I think the screenplay holds up well. Three major scenes in the movie are from Oliver Stone's like actual life or what he had went. Well, through. that's yeah, and that's I think another thing that sort of um, gives it its rating over the years is is this was really kind of an autobiography of Oliver Stone's um, tour in Vietnam. The problem is he gets some really shitty performances from from a couple actors. From who? Namely, Charlie Sheen. Charlie what? Sheen is a terrible actor. In his, ro- like when he's trying to act, it is terrible. And you know me, I love narration, yeah. but his narration is so like bad. That's, a, that's his voice. Yeah, it takes me out of it. And mm. it it's not even about that he's batshit crazy in real life or turned into batshit crazy. But look at Charlie Sheen's IMDb. He never did anything after this film except for bad comedies, bad dramas. This did win Best Picture, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I can see why. Because the cinematography's there. Again, the screenplay's there. You get some good performances. Defoe's pretty good. Tom Berenger is really good. Keith David's a like a light role but it's good he gets some good performances but the main character is is cringe inducing for me at least for me yeah yeah, yeah. Tony, uh, yeah. how do you Charlie feel Sheen's, um, and i, I love kind of let it slide mm-hmm. go ahead tony i kind of let it slide when i found out that he was you know some yuppie who came out here you know just because he, he, he dropped out of college, he volunteered, blah blah blah, and I was like, 
that just made him he was already standing out and then i just said oh well that's why he's standing out he's 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 an out he's not these kind of people he's, he doesn't belong he's an outcast so i mean i whatever bad acting i just attributed to him being you know not of the of that group just an outlander so it just yeah. it just helped it just helped his bad acting just helped the role for me right cuz i'm just like yeah he doesn't fit and he for me, yeah, I and they even mentioned it too. He, you know, I didn't feel for the character. I didn't root for him. You know um, I mean? No, you're right. I di- I didn't either. And I think, but I think that was part of the point. Like, uh, okay. do, do you should you have to root for the main character in order to be moral and ethical? Well, I mean, he's he's trying to. I mean, you know, he's trying to say. You know, I mean, when the part when the chicks are getting raped, and he's like, "Come on, man, she's a human being." You know, he's like, "You guys don't get it, do you? You guys just don't get it." And he's just yelling at him, right? And they're all yelling yeah, at him. Yeah, but he killed I mean, somebody like, with the butt of his gun. Who? He didn't. Yeah, no, he just, Bunny did. What? He was making he hit that somebody. Dance. He hit somebody, but he didn't. Um, he didn't kill him. Yeah. The other guy is the one who. He, was, like, he only started killing afterwards when yeah. it was like his life no, was in character. No, no, he he's a crazy one. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah Bunny was just, the one that that took a bite out of the the Budweiser can. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nothing beats a big thing of pussy. Or you the Indy 500. Indy <laughs> 500. It's fucking great. No, yeah, I, I, oh man, I was, um, I was eating this movie up, man. I remember how much I enjoy it. I love, uh, I love William Defoe this as a lot. He's so good. And yeah. just the, the conflict he has between, uh, um, him and Berenger and fucking John C. McKinley. I fucking, he's so annoying. I was O'Neill. I bet O'Neill man's got his nose up his uh, sergeant's ass so much. I mean, and then <laughs> forget. But his character's a little spazzy, and I think it. I think his performance actually works for it. He's a little oh, yeah. like, like on the cusp of losing it. Well, that's what's interesting too, because like um, Oliver Stone put like put him down like a thirteen week boot camp, and then uh, with like no meals, like MRIs, no showers, no nothing, right? And then right after they thought like, okay, cool, now we're gonna get you know we're gonna shower up, rest. Nope, start filming. So after that, so, the, so sometimes if it felt authentic or if they felt tired, or if they were, it's it's because you know they were through a grueling with the heat and the humidity. He wanted to make it as authentic as he could. Um, mm. And it so, looks, it does look. I mean, the look of it. That's I think the strength of the film for me was the cinematography. Um, the tension is there during the action, the battle sequences, especially that scene when he's on watch at night. Oh fuck! Yeah. Man. Got me yeah. again, man. It's so good, and it's something that happened to Oliver Stone, you know. Um, that and the same uh, with, with the rape scene, and then there's another one too. I was trying to remember, um, but yeah, I, I think I, I mean it catches like just just the, the horror. Like not only like are you fighting the the enemies, but sometimes it, you know they're fighting themselves. And um, oh, that was straight out of the movie. The movie's the narration specifically said it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's ironically what the film is about is, and and it, especially if you have any insight into Oliver Stone, it, you know, he's he's become a very anti-war, um, not just filmmaker, but but you know, figure, and and this, especially with his experience, is a very is an anti-war film because it shows that it wasn't it wasn't a battle against the North Vietnamese, it turned into a battle against us, uh, you know, uh, us against us. I mean, the, immediately we're, we're like, wait a second, who's in charge? Tom Berenger? 
or the yeah, other guy. Sergeants. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? And it's like Tom Berenger is not in charge, but the well, character who is he's the one that they listen to. Lieutenant yeah, Wolf, he just kind of stands around. He's like, Lieutenant hey, shouldn't Wolf. I be? He's like, shouldn't I be saying uh, the commands after? And, and he's like, yeah. yes, sir. But they, yes. you ain't got no fucking balls. You ain't doing shit, you know. And then yeah, when the exactly. conflict does go down, when shit does go down, he still doesn't say anything. He's getting all pissed off and, and, and yelling and shit. It's like, dude, you don't, you need to step up. And then it sucks when, um, when, and then when shit really gets hits the fan is um, when uh, Berenger, you know, shoots that woman, and uh, one of the falls like, what are you doing? And he knows he's gonna get court martialed, and uh, oh fuck, and it still gets me. Sergeant Lab, oh, we're gonna spoil it because this movie's been out for yeah, yeah, it's, it's eighty six. Oh, Willem Dafoe's death, man, gets me every time, man. It's so brutal, man. It kills me. It's like because like you see Charlie Sheen, like Taylor, you see him about to go over there, and he goes, "No, he said he's dead. All right, he leaves." And then that look he gives him in the helicopter when he knows he he could have saved him. You know, it's just it's gut wrenching, man. I, it, oh, it sucks, man, because he's such a cool character. Like I love that scene where he's in the hammock and. In the room, in the fucking big house, hot box where everyone's getting blazed. Mm-hmm. He's eating that banana. He just kind of waves his head off. I just love that. <laughs> it just looks so cool. I just think it's so funny. Um, and everyone's just like hanging out. Um, like I love how it's they show like the two different groups too, right? They're all fighting for the same cause. But the, you got these guys like oh, they're probably just getting stoned over there, right? And you see them have dancing, have a good time. Everybody else is playing uh, cards and everything. Um, it's uh, yeah, I, I was like that thing when they're all singing to us. I think it's Smokey Robinson's song, right? Um, that's 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 a cool scene. And you see Johnny Depp too young there too, right? He's in there. Um, I mean, the casting guy is yeah. crazy. Uh, at the time, they were probably you know they were no name. They were really cheap, but it's kind of cool. I would love to see a reunion that everyone talking about it afterwards. You know, when they're older, because it's kind of impressive. You see all those people. I mean, you go from one, you see like Keith David, and then. Um, and then Tony Todd, you see the Candyman in there too. I was like, "Hey, shit, like yeah, he's even in there." That's right. Uh, you got so many characters. Um, but just it, man, it, it makes you feel like what they're going like. Where just a little scene where like the answer on Charlie's neck and oh god, and like fuck, yeah. that's annoying. And he's sweating, or you see Junior's feet all jacked up, you know. Uh, or when they the guy's really thirsty and, and he wants to drink, drink that water, he's like, "Don't drink that. You might get malaria." He's like, "Maybe that's what I want." You know, so get out of no, here. No, he didn't even say it. He's like, "Bring it on, man!" Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 nuts. I mean, and they all fucking smoked. They all had cigarettes at the time, right? Yeah. Um, um it, it definitely uh, feels authentic for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you yeah, if, if I'm sure if a vet saw it, they're like, "Yeah, that's that's pretty good," you know, because um. We don't know. None of us have ever seen combat or ever enlisted. So, but from from what I can see from that movie, it made you know it made it seem like uh, it was hell. And they even asked him to like, "Man, you volunteer for this shit? Yeah. <laughs> and you were in college, yeah, you know, um, yeah, yeah." And I'm sure you kind of like that politics stuff too, Harley, where they're talking about where like you know the um, the poor get poor and the rich get richer. And then they're, it's funny how they were, how they mentioned it too, where. These people are the grunts. They're these low lives that they didn't go to school, didn't finish, but yet they're giving the freedom to all the people that are wealthy and sane back there, right? It's kind of, mm-hmm. it's kind of weird. And when they do come back, maybe they'll have a job with the war after warehouse or something. They're not really well taken care of. Off, it's it's kind of fucked up, man. You know. Yeah. Well, it, I think it goes to show the insight that Stone did have, or does have, about the war, and. um you know, the repercussions and, and we've seen, you know, we've seen him do born on the 4th of July with Tom Cruise as well, which is 
the experience of the veteran that survives Vietnam and comes home and what was it like for you know once you come home you know mm-hmm. um, that was that was only three years later they they let him do that um, and that was another um, critically acclaimed film um, the the film is it's done very very well you know and Stone was a young man um, when he did it it was one of his early early films and. I think he does a phenomenal job with a lot of the film. And unfortunately for me, having Charlie Sheen as the, the main character constantly like, would you like it better if it was a million of this? No, (laughs) because he turned Uh, down the role. Yeah. I, I see, uh, Joan Cusack and and uh, somebody else, uh, what's his name, um, turned down the role, which is wild. Um, Keanu Reeves, wow, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, this would have been a full on Slater if it wasn't for Charlie Sheen and a few other like genuinely like grin inducing scenes of bad acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. Because it's there. I mean, it has every part of it. The cinematography, the writing, the directing, the screenplay. But it's not a perfect film. It's nowhere near a perfect film. Um, because there are, it, it shows its age in the sense of... Like, if you were just like some 25-year-old kid and you just watched Platoon for the first time, you'd be taken out of it by a lot of the dialogue and a lot of the acting. Um, really? Because every time I hear Charlie Sheen, I was hear him like he talks like that so it didn't really bug me i mean i was kind oh, of see, yeah it, it, it yeah. took me out of it uh, the entire time so okay. um i like, but, I like uh, the the messages on uh on other helmets that uh they all got to write on there like uh, his when i die bury me upside down so the world can kiss my ass yeah on charlie jeans you know yeah 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 i was reading that uh the giant death simply read sherilyn a tribute to sherilyn finn whom he was dating at the time and oh. then Mark Moses, Lieutenant Wolf, had on the helmet a drawing of Mad Magazine mascot, Alfred E. Newman, with the phrase, what, me worry? And according to Tom Berenger, this caused Oliver Stone to laugh hysterically once during filming. <laughs> so, um, for me, super, super high buy that for a dollar. Oh, yeah, me too. I'd buy that for I'd a buy that for a dollar. I'd buy that for a dollar. And I wouldn't fuck with Tom Berenger fuck any no. day. Especially that that scar took three hours of makeup to do every day. God, damn. Chris was like, "Is that his real face?" I was like, "No," but it sure looks real. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, he uh, hey, he wanted Depp to play that part of Taylor. So, Oliver Stone considered casting Depp for the lead role of Private Chris Taylor, but Depp was too young for the part and yeah, unknown say, at the it time. Worked, it worked with Beringer because he's you know he was of age, mm-hmm. and I think that worked for him. Stone said that Depp would have would someday become a huge star, and this one of the first filmmakers who introduced Johnny Depp to Hollywood. Oh, how funny! Yeah, I mean, Berenger was already in his mid to late thirties during the film. Yeah, said um, Johnny Depp recalled that during one particularly stressful scene, he was so intimidated by Oliver Stone's aggressive behavior that he came close to vomiting. Stone still insisted on a second take. Hmm. Yeah, I remember. Being turned on to um, 
Berenger by that film Sniper. Uh huh. I remember uh, seeing it a lot, like in Deep Cable or something, when I was a teenager. I was like, "Man, this movie's fucking awesome." <laughs> Suppose so, that one seventy one. I have yeah. to go rewatch that with Billy Zane. There you go. One seventy one in the top two fifty. Oh well. Mm-hmm. What'd you give it, Tony? I'll give it a dollar. Yeah, I think I'm gonna try to try to rewatch some of Oliver Stone's earlier films here when I get a chance. Yeah, no, he's good. Cool, right on. Well, um, this week it's uh, my week for homework, and there's no, there's no better perfect time for me to have homework because uh, Mad Max Fury Road is going to be playing this in this week in the theaters, so you know I'm making that the homework. So there you have it. So who has extra credit this week? I got it. And are you prepared? Or do you have something um, in your back pocket? I had, yeah, I had something in my back pocket for a while. <laughs> um, a lot of pocket. That's a deep, deep pocket. He had Spawn <laughs> in there. He had that other movie you just chose recently. <laughs> That's right. Let's see. Um, I, I don't think. I think only one of you has maybe have seen this because I think we've mentioned it before. Um, comic, it's a 1992. Complex but lighthearted thriller about computers and cryptography, government and espionage, secrets and deception and betrayal. Or you guys already saw it and I just wasn't around. Oh, um, sneakers! Sneakers! I saw this. I saw this a couple times when I was younger, and it was always fun. It's got an all-star cast. Yeah, I've never seen it, so it seemed like a good one for uh, extra credit. Huh? I've never seen it either. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, River Phoenix is in it. I'm pulling it up right now. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, Sidney Poitier, Robert Redford. I think he's the main character. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I remember always liking it. I, I I've seen it several times when I was cool. younger. Um, I'm not familiar with the director though. Phil Alden Robinson. What do you do? Oh, the angriest man in Brooklyn. I think I saw that. Or Robin Williams. Hmm. Well, maybe not. 2014. Anyway, yeah, cool. we'll check it out. Okay, cool. Cool. Like I said, sorry. Yeah, we're just um, fuck. No more eating cake before the podcast. <laughs> that shit was fucking dangerous. That does not mix. But uh, as I say, that concludes another episode of the Bad Boys Podcast. We just randomly ranted on all things movies. Remember, if you haven't subscribed on iTunes, please do so. And if you can, give us get a chance to write a little review. It won't take too long. Just a couple of sentences. No. Just be out. Just be all kind. And like I said, like us on Facebook. Follow us on I noticed that when I post on Facebook, it automatically goes to Twitter, which I like. So when I get on Twitter, I just retweet it all the time to my millions and millions of followers or the 100 that I have. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad, huh? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's all I'm your, your boy saying we died together. Harley, we died together. MCP, bad boys for life. <laughs> oh, fuck this. <laughs> I was slow enough to drive Miss Daisy. <laughs> so is how is it comfortable in that closet? What, what's going on? Uh, no, because I, I have to team viewer into my main machine. Anyway, I'm just retarded, that's all. <laughs> Oh man, so right. yeah. 